Today on the flagship show on the Cinematic Sound Radio Podcast. We will be listening to some of my favorite scores from 2022. This is part two of a four-part series. And on today's program, you'll hear selections from such composers as Federico Yusid, Simon Franklin, John Williams, Nathan Johnson, Bear McCreary, Dominic Lewis, Zacharias M. De La Riva, and more. My name is Eric Woods. Thank you very much for tuning in to the flagship show on the Cinematic Sound Radio Podcast, which begins now. since 1996. This is the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. And welcome back to the Cinematic Sound Radio Podcast. My name is Eric Woods, the founder and executive producer of this podcast. I'm also a proud member of the International Film Music Critics Association. This podcast is a celebration of everything film, TV, and video game music. There's something in this podcast for everyone, whether you are a film music veteran or a movie music newcomer. Just want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule today to give us a listen. I hope you enjoy the program. Of course, I can't forget our patrons who help make this show possible. If you'd like to join the Cinematic Sound Radio Podcast Patreon, then please head over to patreon.com slash cinematic sound radio. Any support would be fantastic. We would also like it if you could rate and review the show. We'd like to read what you think of the program, and if you do submit a rating, please email us at cinematicsound at yahoo.com, letting us know, and we will read your review on an upcoming episode. If you haven't listened to part one, I highly recommend you check it out, and there will be two more parts following this episode. So let's jump right back into it, and we will start with music from Tad The Lost Explorer, and The Curse of the Mummy, with music by Zacharias M. De La Riva. Actually, it's also known as Tad the Lost Explorer and the Emerald Tablet, so I'm not really sure why there are two different titles. Anyway, uh, the film is actually a spinoff of Gatto's 2004 short film, Tadeo Jones, and its sequel to Tadeo Jones in the Basement of Doom. It's also based on the Spanish graphic novel. Now, the first film was a massive success. It won five Goya Awards, winning three for Best Animated Film, Best New Director, and Best Adapted Screenplay at the 27th Goya Awards. That's the awards for uh, the best in Spanish film. A sequel titled Tad the Lost Explorer and the Secret of the King Midas was released in 2017. In this third film, Tad accidentally unleashes an ancient spell endangering the lives of his friends. With everyone against him and only... Helped by Sarah, he sets off on an adventure in order to put an end to the curse of the mummy. The score was written by Zacharias M. De La Riva, who has been with the Tadeo Jones series from the beginning, having written music for the original short films. For almost 20 years, M. De La Riva has been immersed in this world and has expanded on its brilliant music throughout the shorts and three feature films. 
Key to the success of these scores is employing the leitmotivic style of composing, in particular giving Tadeo a distinct musical theme throughout the series. Also in play are the wonderful colors of the orchestration. Uh, the score is alive, bold, exciting, and adventurous. Its roots are most definitely in that John Williams 1970s-80s adventure scoring style, which is right up my alley. These are massive traditional orchestral scores that might not be as well known to the general public as they should, but again, thanks to movie score media, these scores can see the light of day and be enjoyed by everyone around the world. Here now are selections from the impressive Tad, The Lost Explorer, and The Curse of the Mummy.
Music from Tad, The Lost Explorer, and The Curse of the Mummy, also known as Tadeo Jones 3, La Tabla Esmeralda, with music composed by Zacharias M. Della Riva. Up next is music from the revisionist Western television miniseries called The English, written and directed by Hugo Blick. It stars Emily Blunt as an Englishwoman who comes to the West in 1890 looking for revenge on the man she sees as responsible for the death of her son and meets an ex-cavalry scout and member of the Pawnee Nation by birth on his way to Nebraska to claim the land he is owed for his service in the U.S. Army, despite having been told that the white men will not honor their debt. And soon they discover a shared history. The score was composed by Federico Yusid. He's one of our most gifted film and television composers. He's written brilliant music for years now, including music for Isabel, Carlos Rey Emperador, La Cathedral de Mar, all which have been given awards by the International Film Music Critics Association. The score for the English is a wonderful throwback to all the great Western scores from the past, and not just traditional Hollywood Westerns, but spaghetti westerns as well. Yusid had this to say about the score, quote, Unlike other projects, I started working with Hugo Blick at the very early stage, sometime before he even started shooting. Inspired by the scripts, his storyboard, and chatting about the classics, I wrote different piano tunes and first mock-ups and sent them over to him. Often I have received scenes cut to my own music, and that made the process deeply organic and profound. The music became a core element of the structure of the show instead of a later addition. In the end, Hugo and I worked for an entire year to develop the score. This is about four times the usual time I get to work on any other project, especially nowadays, that deadlines and fast deliveries curb the creative processes so dramatically. End quote. 
Music from the television miniseries The English, with a fantastic original score, composed by Federico Yusid. Bringing you the very best music for film, TV, and video games, this is the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. I'm Eric Woods. And this is my favorite scores of 2022. This is part two of a four-part series. Up next, music from a film called Notre Dame Brule, a disaster film based on the Notre Dame de Paris fire that occurred on April 15th, 2019. The film is directed by Jean-Jacques Arnaud, who worked with composer James Horner on numerous projects, The Name of the Rose, Enemy at the Gates, Black Gold, and one of Horner's very last scores, Wolf Totem. It's been seven years since Arnaud's last film, so when it came down to find a composer for this film, he called up someone who he knew based on his collaboration with James Horner, and that is Simon Franklin. Franklin had been working with Horner since Titanic. Go write what you feel. That's what Jean-Jacques Arnaud instructed to Simon Franklin. There was little to no temp music in the cut. Arnaud essentially doesn't like to box composers in with other films' music. He had very specific notes about every scene, about how the music should feel, what points to hit, which undercurrent to feed into, and then left Franklin just to do his job. So Franklin wrote cues, sent Arnaud demos, and he would then give him feedback. He actually went to France a couple of times to sit down with Arnaud, and most importantly, to meet the sound effects team so that he can get a sense of where the music would sit in the Dolby Atmos dub. Franklin carries over everything that makes for a good James Horner score without aping his style, including strong, long-line melodies, intense emotions, and a real sense for the drama unfolding on the screen. The music was written for a large orchestra and choir, and who doesn't love a good timpani role to cymbal crash?
Music by Simon Franklin for the film Notre Dame Brule. Up next, music from the coming-of-age drama The Fablemans, directed by Steven Spielberg, who co-wrote the film and produced it with Tony Kushner. The film is a semi-autobiographical story loosely based on Spielberg's adolescence and first years as a filmmaker. It is told through an original story of the fictional Sammy Fableman, a young, inspired filmmaker who explores how the power of films can help him see the truth about his dysfunctional family and those around him. The score, composed by frequent collaborator John Williams, is sparse. Probably the most restrained film score Williams has ever written for a Steven Spielberg film. Many of the most important dramatic moments are scored with pre-existing classical music to help represent the Fableman's mother's skill at the piano. As for Williams' original score, which most of it plays during the latter moments of the film, Williams states this, and I quote, Composing the score for the Fableman's was a particular joy for me. Given the personal nature of the film and its depiction of characters who seem to be so closely associated with Steven Spielberg's own childhood and family. Williams continues, Over many years, I knew and greatly admired Steven's parents, and I was always very impressed by his mother's musical talent. This is truly a special film, and I'm honored to have played a small part in the making of this film. End quote.
The Journey Begins, from The Fablemans with Original Score by John Williams. Up next, music from the Ryan Johnson mystery, Glass Onion, which is a sequel to Knives Out, released in 2019, and has Daniel Craig reprising his role as Master Detective Benoit Blanc as he takes on a new case revolving around tech billionaire Miles Braun, played by Edward Norton and his closest friends. The ensemble cast also includes Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, Madeline Klein, Kate Hudson, and Dave Bautista. Ryan's cousin and collaborator, Nathan Johnson, composed the score for Glass Onion after previously scoring Knives Out. He traveled to Greece to observe the film's principal photography, as with his cousin's previous films, and brought a mobile rig at the location where he could write music for the film during the night. Johnson felt that being on set had provided the inspiration that needed to create all of the film's individual themes as he responded to the nuances of what the actors were exploring with Ryan. From an interview conducted by GoldDerby.com, Johnson had this to say, quote, The first thing I'm always thinking about is attaching to the emotional arcs of the character. That's number one. But for this, I have written motifs for a number of the key characters. It's not necessarily something that you would pick up on first or maybe even second listen, but once you begin to familiarize yourself with the movie and the music, there are elements where you have a character theme, and that means another character can steal that theme. And it's really fun to play around with something like that. End quote.
Music from the film, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, with original score composed by Nathan Johnson. This is the Cinematic Sound Radio Network, and you're listening to The Flagship Show with Eric Woods. Welcome back to the show. On today's program, I'm featuring my favorite scores of 2022. This is part two of a four-part series. Up next, music from the Christmas action comedy Violent Night, directed by Tommy Ricola. The film follows Santa Claus, portrayed by David Harbour, as he fights mercenaries who have taken a wealthy family hostage in their home. This film is a wild, insane, over-the-top, gruesome action comedy, which I'm going to assume, for those that like it, it's going to be their diehard. This, I think, will be a Christmas staple for many years to come. The score composed by Dominic Lewis is an absolute joy. It has all the hallmarks of Cayman's tongue-in-cheek action scores from Lethal Weapon and Die Hard with all the Christmas goodness and quotes that you can ask for. There are bits of John Williams' Home Alone charm, Alan Silvestri's bombastic scoring from the Polar Express, and many others. 
Now, when I hear the name Dominic Lewis, this is the type of score that I'm not expecting to hear from him. But thank goodness the filmmakers wanted to go down a more traditional orchestral route because this could easily have been another boring modern actioner just playing it straight. But here we have Lewis showcasing his brilliant orchestral prowess, as well as his bang-on dramatic intuitions and comedic timing. This is a tremendous effort from a composer that wonderfully honors the past while raising the bar for the Christmas action film.
Music from Violent Night, with original score composed by Dominic Lewis. Up next, music from one of my favorite video game scores of the year. This is God of War Ragnarok by Bear McCreary. This is the ninth installment in the series, and the sequel to 2018's God of War. It's loosely based on Norse mythology. The game is set in ancient Scandinavia and features series protagonist Kratos and his teenage son, Atiris. Concluding the Norse era of the series, the game covers Ragnarok, the theology event which is central to Norse mythology and was foretold to happen in the previous game after Kratos killed the Icer god Baldur. The score for the game is composed by Bear McCreary. He returns from the previous game. The soundtrack features Faroese singer Ifor, who had previously worked with McCreary on the 2018 installment. McCreary mentioned that he jumped into that original game with enthusiastic abandon, ready to completely reinvent the sound of the franchise to fit this entry's more sophisticated tone. However, for the sequel, he felt the pressure of writing music in the shadow of his own previous work. Gamers the world over had forged an emotional connection with the themes from the earlier score, and the work had won several major video game industry awards. Now, the thought of expanding on those ideas and daring to think that he might improve on them accelerated and terrified him. So he began working on the score for this new game in the summer of 2019, fully aware that he was on the onset of a journey that would be amongst his most creatively challenging of his career. McCreary had this to say about the creation of the score. Quote, I spent about half a year sketching themes for this game, often tweaking back and forth with my creative partners at the Santa Monica studio. A few of them came easily, but several went through five or six drafts before I landed on something promising. I struggled especially with the Atreus theme, as I found I was initially crippled by the intense pressure of writing a theme that could measure up to my two most iconic melodies from the previous score— by the end, however, I was confident that my new themes would measure up to the melodies I had written for the last game. End quote. And he's right. The themes are wonderful. The callbacks to the previous scores are wonderful. It's just an expansive, old-school, traditional, leitmotivic, big symphonic choral score that is just so much fun from start to finish. One of the best video game scores of the year. This is God of War Ragnarok by Bear McCreary.
That was music from the video game God of War, Ragnarok, with music by Bear McCreary. Well, we've come to the end of yet another edition of the Cinematic Sound Radio Podcast. This is the flagship show. And I want to again thank you very much for listening to this program today and for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the selections. I hope you're enjoying all the selections from the best scores, which I consider to be the best scores of 2022. We still have two more parts for you, just in case you were wondering how come uh, we haven't heard music from this score or that score. Don't worry. We will get to them in the next two episodes. We're going to end today's program with quite a surprise, honestly. Because I will be quite transparent about this. Uh, Composers Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, I'm not a fan. That's about the best I can say as politely as possible. Not a fan of their film work. I think they're incredibly musicians. I think they've written maybe one or two solid film scores in their career. The rest of them have been from utterly mediocre to to ridiculously out of place, and other times I just don't, I guess, truly understand why certain scores are held with such high regard. Having said that, this score for Bones and All is one that I was pleasantly surprised with and one that I played quite often throughout the year, especially this finale cue that we're going to present for you on the program. Now, Bones and All is a romantic horror film. It's based on a 2015 novel, and it stars Taylor Russell and Timothy Chalamet as a pair of young cannibals who flee together on a road trip across the country and develop feelings for each other. Now, the score by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross in my opinion, is easily their most accessible score and one that finally feels like the work of a film composer or film composers in this case. There's a true sense of dramatic arc. The cues have a pulse, meaning they feel alive. They have an emotional connection to the subject matter, for the lack of a better word, and the score makes you actually really feel something. The score actually extracts feelings from the film where the cold vibe of most of their work doesn't. It also feels part of the narrative and truly digs deep into the characters on screen. It helps bring out and enhance the emotions. And the orchestration is clear, clean, simple, but not simplistic. There are some gorgeous melodies wrapped around a simple acoustic guitar ostinato that serves as the scorer's heartbeat, while the warmth of the strings brings out the tears without ever feeling overly sentimental. It also works as a red herring. While the gentle, simplistic nature of it all makes you feel at ease, there is something sinister lying underneath it all. For the first time since The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, in my opinion, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross have really provided a proper film score that works with the film, not against it, and actually tries to enhance. Enhance the film with the right tone and a perfect sense of drama. So I hope you enjoy this cue as much as I do. This is Bones and All with music by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. And until next time, please take care wherever you are in this world and happy listening.
Thank you for tuning in to the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. I want to thank Tim Burden for providing his voice for all the bumpers and stingers you hear throughout the program, and David Cosina for providing Cinematic Sound Radio's theme music. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email us at cinematicsound at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media at Sound Radio on Twitter and Cinematic Sound on Facebook. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment right now to rate the show and write a brief review. Reviews help introduce potential listeners to the show. And while you're at it, head over to Tee Public to get a Cinematic Sound Radio t-shirt. And don't forget to check out Cinematic Sound Radio at cinematicsound.net.